Cheers, everyone. It's episode 15 of the Stick to Syracuse podcast. My name is Brent Dax. It is so great to have you here. It's always great to have you here, but today's going to be a fun conversation because we're going to focus in on beer. That's right. This is the beer episode. There has been a craft beer explosion, not only in the United States, but right here in central New York in recent years. We're going to talk to a few of the key brewers that provide the spirits to you here in central New York. Kevin Williams and Rockney Roberts of Willow Rock and Tim Butler of Empire. On the sound scene, Kathleen Mason chats with Charlie Orlando, a musician himself and someone who's central to the music scene in central New York. That's all coming up. Hey, how'd you get here today on the Stick to Syracuse podcast? Did you find the link on Syracuse.com or perhaps on social media? Terrific. There is a cool way, though, that you can keep up with the podcast without even thinking about it. Just subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Just find Stick to Syracuse, hit that subscribe button, and new episodes will show up wherever you listen to your podcasts every Monday. What do you say we crack one open and get going here? Just Joe! Behind SU Sports, Stone Stone, where do we pose? Stick to Syracuse today! Salt potatoes, high top dogs, dynasty barbecue all year long. Stick to Syracuse today! It's raining, it's snowing, it don't know where it's going. Stick to Syracuse today! Ladies and gentlemen, your host of Stick to Syracuse, Brett X! Those in search of a cold one in Syracuse and Central New York have never had more choices than right here and right now. The craft beer explosion has certainly made its way into Syracuse. Syracuse.com reporter Don Kazan has covered the craft beer explosion all along. A number of uh, breweries opening you know, in the Syracuse area, in Central New York, and across the state has just exploded, um, you know, from under 100 10 years ago to more than, to almost 400 now across the state. And in Onondaga County, we've recently uh, surpassed uh, 20 um, and 10 in the city of Syracuse. So uh, we're, we're rolling right along with the whole thing. Um, the thing to know about the explosion is that most of the new breweries are really, really small. Um, so the, the basic model is a couple of guys, a couple of people get together, they like beer, they, maybe they homebrewed, um, and they said, hey, maybe we could do this for a living. So they open up a very tiny brewery, making maybe a barrel, two barrels, three barrels at a time, um, which is not enough beer to try to put it out at a bar or, or get it in a store shelf. Um, so they're, they're happy, most of them, to uh, open up a, a tasting room, sell as much beer as they can to the folks who wander in and ask for a beer, and that's all good. Um, and there's probably, people ask me all the time, is there, a, uh, is there a limit to how many breweries there can be? And frankly, if you're talking about that model, uh, probably not. Um, as long as the people can make a living or try to make, make do with uh, selling beer at their tap room, it's where the crunch is going to come is when they want to get big enough to actually have to get a distributor, get into bars, get on shelves, and at that point, the competition is brutal. Kevin Williams and Rockney Roberts started Willow Rock Brewing Company in 2016, and they started small 
making about five kegs at a time. Willow Rock has grown considerably in just three years. When you walk into the facility at 115 Game Road, right behind Dancer's Restaurant, you see a full bar with several beers on tap, several big storage barrels, a tasting room, a merch stand, plenty of benches to sit at, and games to play. When they first got going, Roberts said they wanted Willow Rock to become synonymous with good beer in Syracuse. They've accomplished that mission. You know, it's a rabbit hole, man. The deeper you go, there's more science you can get into. And uh, we started to sort of elevate our brewing game to try and uh, replicate some of the excellent beers that we were finding at, at breweries and um, in, in good beer stores. And uh, it was just a, a passion for quality that, that drove us to keep going and keep trying new things and just to keep on brewing. Building gadgets. Yeah, build random, lots of gadgets, yeah. Random gadgets that you're like, what is this for? Every, yeah. Like six months later, you're like, why did we build this? Every, this is the <laughs> worst idea. That and then you come up with had. a whole new way to build it better. Yeah. So like every brewer is like definitely part electrician, part plumber, and part engineer, whether you want to be or not. It's, it's out of necessity, especially as you become like a, a smaller size nano brewery. It's like, well, this doesn't work, and it needs to work in 10 minutes. So what do we, what do we got? And uh, it's a fun challenge every day. When it comes to craft beer in Syracuse, there's still a couple OGs around, including the Empire Brewing Company, who you can find in downtown Syracuse at their beautiful new facility in Casanova, in bars and restaurants across central New York, and their bottles and cans in the beer aisle at Wegmans and several local stores. Tim Butler is the director of brewing operations for one of Central New York's most successful craft beer stories. I think the main thing that stands out to me um, is the creativity of the brewers. All throughout my career, and I've been brewing now for 17 years professionally, always in the Syracuse area, uh, started at a place called Towpath Brewery, uh, Relia Brewing Company, which was over on Erie Boulevard, then moved to Middle Ages, was there for uh, six years or so, um, and then moved over to Empire, been there since 2007. Um, but throughout my entire career, the one thing that I've really uh, noticed and really has kept me going is the creativity of, of the brewers. And we're always looking for something new and something fresh um, to keep us going, keep us alive. And I think the consumer uh, is the same way. You know, I can't tell you how many times where I'll make a new beer and we'll do a release and I'll hand it to one of my customers and they'll be drinking it and then look at me and say, so what's new? What's next? And I'll be like, you kidding me? What is in your hand is new and next. Finish that first, and we'll talk about the next one, you know? So, yeah, I, I guess that for, for me, the main thing that has stuck out and has kept me going is creativity of, of the brewing industry itself. While Willow Rock keeps up with the latest trends in craft beer, in conjunction with the Onondaga Historical Association, they also brought back an old favorite in Syracuse, New York, Congress. It was really cool because it's something that we knew about. You know, it was such an integral part of local beer history that... The fact that we could possibly consider to, to be the ones to bring it back was just, it was awe-inspiring. And we were so excited when they picked us because it's a beer that is quintessentially Syracuse. It was solely imbibed here in Syracuse for the most part, and it was the beer of the people. And that's what we had so much fun working with them to bring it back is figuring out sort of what would be the, 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 the best beer for Syracuse. What makes it quintessentially Syracuse? You know, it's it's easy drinking, it's light, but it's got enough flavor that um, you know you're drinking a nice high quality lager. It's not uh, it's not light, it's not too dry, 
Um, but it's you know it's not too hoppy, it's not too heavy. It's just it's a beer for everybody. It's something that uh, appeals to the masses, but not only appeals to the masses, but can kind of bridge that gap between the almost craft craft beer snobs or the people that are up that might turn their nose up at like a Bud Light or a, you know anything in that macro range and something to kind of bridge the gap from those people that normally drink all the macro beers and the macro pilsners that they can kind of be a part of the same community. So it kind of pulls everything together and you don't really have the, you know, that kind of stigma around it because it's just, it's a nice, easy drinking craft lager that a lot of people can enjoy. It's an inclusive beer. I mean, you know, you just sit back, you enjoy it, you, you grab your case or your four pack and your friends and you have a good time. There's never been more choices for the craft beer drinker in central New York. That's a good thing. But is there a downside to the craft beer boom? It is tough times for some of us out there as far as um, distribution and sales goes, uh, especially, you know, on the on-premise. So when I say on-premise, I'm talking about bars and restaurants. Off-premise refers to uh, stores, you know, C-stores, convenience stores, Wegmans, tops of the world. Um, So there's more and more breweries opening every day. There's more and more beer coming into the market, even from markets outside of New York. And um, there's not more bars opening and not more you know shelf space per se in these uh chain stores so you know the piece of the pie necessarily isn't getting bigger but the people who are eating it there's becoming more people who are trying to eat at that pie um so you know it's you got to have in my opinion three things to make it um and i call it the tripod it's uh great marketing great distribution, and of course, great liquid. If you can accomplish all three of those things, no matter where the market is, you should be able to to survive. Um, If you're lacking in one of those areas, you may be in trouble. And I think with so many breweries, I think you almost see, you're seeing a return of the neighborhood pub, except the pub is now a brewery. And especially if you look at Syracuse, there's over, you know, in Onondaga County, there's over 20 breweries sprinkled all around. And it's perfect. We get so many people that come in, oh, what do you think about you know this new brewery? It's excellent. It's great. There, There is a consumer base out there that is so educated on different beer styles and different things that they like. And they have such adventurous palates that they're, they're, you know, there can't be enough. You, know, you, would, you would see mass shrinking if all of a sudden you know, people weren't as adventurous in, in what they're trying. But what breweries have become now, you know, it's it's another space for people to come, congregate, have that sense of community. And and that's, you know, here at Willow Rock, that's what we really like about our tap room is, you know, it's family friendly, it's dog friendly. And we've really built a sense of community, you know, between ourselves and our customer base and, and the people that rock Willow Rock. It just, uh, you know, it's great. It's a part of society at large. Trends come and go in the craft beer industry, but what maintains? What stands out no matter what year it is and no matter what's hot? It's those magical three letters, IPA. When I started, um, if you didn't make a good, what they used to call West Coast style IPA, uh, you weren't that relevant. But even that particular category has morphed and has changed. Um, For example, New England style IPAs. And that's what's the rage on this coast now is making those New England style IPAs, the big hazy beers. You know, it's interesting when I first started, uh, my goal was to put a clear beer out there. I didn't want any haze, you know, and now it's kind of going the other direction where I had to fight everything that I learned in order to create these beers, uh, these hazy New England style IPAs. Um, And in that, in learning that, uh, the process actually changed. So I'm doing things now on the process side uh, to get that type of beer that I would have never have thought of doing 10 years ago. 
but the bottom line is, is it's still an IPA, and I think that is that's the style that has uh, maintained. You know, our sours are kind of made a surge, um, but I think sours are definitely um, a niche. I don't think everybody likes sours, um, so I don't think you're ever going to see them as big as as the IPA category. Um, and the one thing that I see coming back now is a lot of breweries are making going back to the roots and making a really good solid pilsner or lager, a clean, light, drinkable beer. Um, and I think in the next six months to a year or so, uh, you may start seeing more and more of those. I don't think they're ever going to eclipse uh, the IPA category. I think the IPA category is here to stay. Um, but you will see, I think, uh, I don't want to say a step back, but people going, like I said, back to the roots and making something clear and crisp and, and clean. Never stop trying is sort of my beer mantra. And for from, a cons- from my consumer side, like when I go places to try beer, never stop trying because you never know. You know, it, it, it can be something that just takes you back and you say, you know what, I never thought I would like smoked beers, but this beer for, you know, just does it for me. And, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of things like that. We've experienced a lot of things like that. And it's just, uh, that's the fun of craft beer today is that there's so much variety out there that, you know, the nomenclature almost doesn't apply anymore. It just, you know, just go have fun. Go try it. It's beer. Have fun. Yeah. It's beer. There's no need. Yeah. I mean, you can sit there and analyze every little thing about it, but at the end of the day, like, beer and having a beer with your friends is meant to be fun and enjoyable. And, like, however you're going to enjoy it, whether or not you want to look at it as, is this the right beer for me? How is this beer put together? Versus, let's play some cards and, like, let's have some fun or let's play this board game. Let's chill by the fire and make some s'mores with the kids. However, however you want to enjoy it, enjoy it. Because beer is meant is made and meant to be enjoyed with friends, family, over any particular occasion. Cheers. 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 Hey, what do you say? Have a happy day, cause we're living in Syracuse. After 17 albums and over 3,000 shows in North America. 200-plus original songs, 28 Grammy ballot nominations, and over 30 years in the music industry, Charlie Orlando has settled into a multifaceted music career, mainly playing solo shows that display his veteran songwriting style and unique rhythmic approach to playing the guitar while pushing himself to create on all levels. Charlie, who's working on three different albums at the moment, chats with Kathleen Mason from K-Mace Productions on the sound scene. First of all, thanks to Kubal Studios for letting us hang out here and uh, and record today. So we have Charlie Orlando, big name in the music uh, music field here in Syracuse, um, multi talented musician, talent buyer, and many other things. Uh, but first off, let's just do a quick dry run of your of your music throughout the years you mean my personal music throughout yes, the years your personal <laughs> music <laughs> um i don't even know how many years it's been now it's been over 30 years or so that i've been playing music and uh touring around and releasing albums and writing songs um it's been something that i've done since i was eight years old and i think the first show i ever did i was 15 
and I got a fake ID so I could get in the bar to play instead of drink. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of where my head was at at a very young age. Tell tell us a little bit about that. Like, what what does that involve? What does it entail? I've seen you personally because we're good friends. I've seen you literally talk to me while you were talent buying. Like, I don't, I, I, I have no idea how you do it. I really don't. But your fingers fly on the keyboard and you literally do a million things at once. I, yeah, I mean, I, I usually wake up to about 100 plus emails a day. And I mean, I, I, most people know me for Funkin' Waffles talent buying, but I also do uh, King of Clubs, Lost Horizon, Main Street Music Series in Cortland, Seedstock Music Festival in Cortland, the Yard Amphitheater in Belkville, um, Middle Ages Brewfest, Middle Ages Public House. So there's a lot of stuff that I'm involved in, um, as well as managing Root Shock, which takes up quite a bit of time, too. Wake up and see There are certain things that I look for in each venue and each venue is specific to its area and to like the culture that it wants to kind of bring to town. Um, you know, so a place like the middle ages public house, so much easier for me to book that place than Funkin' waffles because it's more open. It doesn't really depend on how many people show up and pay a ticket price. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like it's a public house. It's what it is. Like people go hang out. The more people that hang out for the musician, the better obviously for the venue. Um, but it's a difference in, you know, the musicians that I can put there. I don't, I'm not always able to put other places, you know? So it's like, it kind of, I gained a lot of venues because there's so many musicians that I need to find homes for mm-hmm. is kind of what it broke down to. Um, so, but a good problem. It's a really good problem. And I, my favorite part of the whole thing is helping people. Um, Absolutely. and my unfavorite part of the whole thing is not being able to help people. <laughs> I know you have bent over backwards so many times for me and others and we completely and utterly appreciate it my you know thing with music is I go in and out of loving it and hating it and um, right now I love it again so I have an album that's a solo album that should be coming out in October cannot wait yeah I'm excited yeah I'm Um, gonna try to do the right thing this time around with everything because I usually get so busy and (laughs) and then I bury myself and I don't get to play music (laughs) we can help you um so charlieorlando.com yes yeah charlieorlando c-h-a-r-l-e-y that's right l-e-y orlando like florida my phone now does the correct spelling for your name. I know most people don't, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't take offense. <laughs> well, thank you so much, and thanks for all that you do for the music scene here. It's a pleasure. You've done a bunch, and that's an understatement. Next time on the Stick to Syracuse podcast, Hoffman Hot Dogs, Salt Potatoes, Shows at the Amp, Hanging at Green Lakes, Fireworks, The Things We Love About Summer in central new york that's next time on the stick to syracuse podcast we thank you for listening to episode 15 and remind you that you can subscribe to the stick to syracuse podcast on itunes spotify soundcloud and google play my name is brent dax thanks for joining us today until next time you know it's summer when they're rocking in weedsport